We are in week two of this series, which is called Thank Goodness, because it's coming up on Thanksgiving and Black Friday and things that really bring out the goodness in us. Uh, but no, it's about being thankful. It's about uh, not just being thankful at that time where your parents or whoever you eat with goes around the table and you're like, hey, what are you thankful for? And you're like stammering for a while because you don't really know and you're terrified that they're going to make you list more. And you're like, what if I don't say their names? Are they going to call me out or blah, blah, blah? And all of these things, maybe that's just my head, but still. It's about living that way. And so last week we talked about having a thankful heart and about the 10 lepers who were hanging out because nobody else would talk to them because they're dying and their skin is falling off and their arms are falling off and it's uh, just really bad for them. And yet their past didn't matter because they were united in this suffering. They were united in this pain. And so they see Jesus come along and they're like, please, Lord, save us. And so Jesus said, hey, go talk to the priests because he wanted them to show their faith and they did. But only one of the 10 came back to thank him. And my point with that was not the rest of them aren't thankful or that they're greedy because they still went out in faith on him. But that we want to be like the one of 10. So if you have 10 Christians and everybody's trying their best, you want to be the one that really stands up and loves God and loves others with all of your heart. And you really do more. You want to have that thankful heart all year round. And so we're moving this week into a loving heart. Um, And so this is Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 48. Uh, You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. So basically, this is Jesus... Uh, going super outside the box. So at the time, the Jewish law, uh, which came from parts of the Old Testament, but the Pharisees had kind of fine-tuned it, was an eye for an eye. So if somebody took something of yours, you take something of them. If somebody hurts your kid, you hurt their kid. If somebody uh, says something bad about you, you say something bad about them. That's kind of how a lot of people in the world still live, and that's sometimes how we fall into, because we really want to get revenge. If somebody does something to hurt us, we want to hurt them back. We want them to feel that way. Uh, Sometimes, if we're hurting, we want other people to hurt, even if they didn't do it. And so that's what Jesus is talking about here. He's like, hey, this is how a lot of people live, and this is how you've been taught to live, an eye for an eye and a tooth for tooth. But I'm saying, and he's not just saying, don't do that. He doesn't just say, you know, let it go. He's like, don't resist them. If they ask you for uh, your shirt, give them your jacket. If they ask you to carry their gear for a mile, carry it two miles. What he's saying is not uh, let people walk all over you. What he's saying is not let people take everything that you have and just let it go. Uh, What he's saying is not, you know, never defend yourself. What he's saying, though, is you have to be different. You have to be better. And people are going to expect you to be mean to them. A little later, Paul talks about killing people with kindness in a different way, but he says killing them with kindness because people expect what they feel. So if somebody is, uh, like, let's say somebody that is talking to you and and they always want revenge and they're kind of greedy or they're jealous of things or they're envious or uh, they have a lot of hatred or anger in their heart or they argue a lot and they say something to you, they're not thinking how you would react. They think how they would react in your place and so they expect that from you. And Jesus is like, look, you have this chance every time someone comes after you, every time somebody insults you, every time somebody spreads a rumor about you, every time somebody hurts your feelings to stand up and be different. 
And again, he's not saying, you know, just lie down and let them beat you and, and hit you and knock you out and all of these things. He's saying, you've got to understand that when someone asks you for help, when someone needs help, it's on you to give that. It's on you to show that. It's on you to be bigger than revenge. And a little later in the Bible, it talks about God takes care of these things. Um, we very much want people that we don't like to pay for the things that they do. So if there is a politician or a celebrity or an athlete or something who we don't like for whatever reason, uh, and we're like, yeah, I don't like that guy, uh, and they get in trouble or something happens, they get caught with steroids or they get caught lying or cheating or stealing or whatever else people do, and we see that, we're like, oh, I hope they get what's coming to them. You know, I really hope that they pay for that. I really hope that, the man, the commissioner or the police or whoever takes them out. But then, a week later, somebody that we like has kind of a similar situation. And we're like, ah, well, you know, it's a misunderstanding. Like, we, they, don't, they need to just be understood. They need to, to give forgiveness. Because we look at things from a justice perspective when it suits us. And that's why Jesus is going so far above and beyond here. Um, because he's saying... You guys look at stuff from your own perspective, but you have to have empathy for other people. You have to see it from other people's perspectives. And he could say that to the, the quote-unquote evil people here. And they're going to listen because they don't care. And so why then is it on us? I remember one time, a long time ago, in a different church that I was in, I was listening to two people talk uh, arguing politics, which I know it's surprising. People rarely argue politics. It's usually just, you know, we love you and that's awesome. But they were actually arguing politics. And they were talking about a candidate who uh, had recently had something come out about them uh, that, that was negative, and they're like, oh, I hope they go to jail and blah, blah, blah. And then in the next breath, they were talking about a candidate they liked that had a worse thing, and they're like, yeah, it's fine. And then they were talking about how, like, you know what? It's just not fair. It's not fair that Christians have such an uphill battle to... to, to uh, get our candidates elected because we're supposed to be honest and we're supposed to be good and we're supposed to, to, to wish good things. And they're saying it not in like a way Jesus is in here, like love people. They're saying it like, this just sucks. I wish I could cheat. And that's not a way a Christian should talk. And yet we all kind of look at things like that sometimes. Think about it in your school. Um, if you have a big test coming up, and you're like, I'm not going to cheat, but I just need to kind of look over and see if I have the right answer as Hope next to me. And, and you're like, Hope gets all A's, and I just I really want to copy off of her. And, and I'm not going to copy everything. I just want to see if it's this one answer. But then, you know, like later on, you're, you're paying attention, and you see that somebody's passing notes back and forth in front of you. And it's like a bully. It's somebody you don't like. And you're like, oh, you're not supposed to cheat on this. You're not supposed to cheat. This is the worst thing in the world. Another way to look at it, not all of you drive, some of you do. Um, adults, you do. Uh, there's a saying, and I kind of go with it. If you're driving down the highway, not 75, one that actually moves, but you're driving down a highway, and you have somebody in front of you that is going right at the speed limit, you're like, this sucks. Like, this is horrible. Uh, and, and I just, I need to pass them, and you're waiting for an opportunity. You're like right on them, and you're waiting for an opportunity to pass. One of my biggest pet peeves, and I mentioned it this morning when I preached, is people who drive in the left lane and don't pass. They just drive, and that drives me nuts. Anyway, and so you're waiting for an opportunity to pass. And you know, you finally do, and you're going five miles over the speed limit. We'll just stop there, because don't do more than that. You don't do more than that. And so, 
you, you finally get an opportunity to pass. And so you're driving and you're going a pretty good speed for you. And then somebody comes flying up behind you and they're right on you and they're waiting for an opportunity to pass. So like back a couple miles ago when the person was going the speed limit, you're like, this person's so stupid. This person just needs to get out of my way. And so you pass them and you're like, finally. And then this person, the next person comes up on your butt and they're like right on you and they're going faster than you. And they're trying for an opportunity to pass. They're like, that guy's so stupid. He's going so fast. And we don't even realize that we do that. We don't even realize that the person too slow in front of us is an idiot and the person too fast behind us is stupid. Like that's how we think. But when I say it out like this, you're like, well, that's stupid. But that's how we think, because we know things from our perspective. We know our reasons. We know why we're in a hurry. We know why we, need, we didn't study. We know why we're tired. We know why uh, we had a bad day. We know why whatever. We know our reasons. But when anybody else does something, especially people we don't like, we don't know their reasons, and sometimes we like it that way. Uh, one of the things that you'll notice in politics is when people talk about the other side, or people talk about groups, or people that they don't like, or different classes, or whatever, very rarely do they use names. Very rarely do they use names, because we like to look at people as a group, because it's much harder to care about them that way. But once you start to say names of people, once you start to see people as people, then you start to think, wait, they're actually people. Like, and once you start to think of someone as a person, it's harder to not care about them, or at least to not try to understand, and that's our point. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He's like, hey, some people are awful. Some people are going to take advantage of you, and some people are going to hurt you. You're not going to be able to stop that. You're not going to change them like that. Only showing them a better example will show them why to change. And so he's talking about going above and beyond when someone ask for something. And again, he's not saying let people walk all over you. You should be who you are, but remember that it's not about getting what you deserve. It's not about getting back at other people. It's about always standing up for Jesus, always being like Jesus, always being an example of what you're supposed to do. And sometimes you are going to get wronged and you're going to have to let it go. And it's going to be like, this sucks. But we are here to remember that Jesus told us this about having a loving heart. And that means looking at people and things in different ways. Uh, there's a phrase that's always used, and it's lately I've seen it on Robin Williams' pictures. Uh, I used to see it on Sam pictures, or Jared Padalecki pictures, and like I've seen it otherwise on the internet. And it's basically uh, everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. It's basically, I paraphrased it. Uh, and that's true, like everybody that you meet is fighting a different battle. And the reason they say that is you should try to understand people's motivations. Um, that's empathy, that's important. And just like we would want somebody to understand our motivations or why we're going slower, why we're going faster, why we're saying what we're saying, we need to try to do that with other people. It does not mean you're going to like everybody because you're not. It does not mean you're going to agree with everybody because you're not. But it means that the more you do that, the more your heart feels that love, the more... Uh, you show that love, the more you change who you are. And then that has an outward effect. There's another part of this. Uh, and this is the next verse. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different than anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven 
is perfect. So before I go into what he actually says here, I'm going to go to the, the Greek, the language that he's using, or that they're using to write it. Um, when he says, love your neighbor, he uses the word agape, which you may have heard before, and it means unconditional love. It's the same love that God has for you, and it's the same love we're supposed to have for God. Uh, it means that even if someone throws a metal thing and almost destroys everything, we still love them. Uh, it means that sometimes things break, but we keep moving forward and coming back to the focus. It means unconditional love. And so unconditional love means that God loves you no matter what you do. We've talked about this. So if you do the wrong thing, uh, God still loves you. If you do the right thing, God still loves you the same. Uh, if you haven't become a Christian yet, God still loves you. That's unconditional love. Your parents unconditionally love you. Uh, and you unconditionally love people. I don't know who you unconditionally love, but probably family members, maybe friends. But it's love without a condition. It's love no matter what happens, you still love them. That's agape. He uses that for love your neighbor, which is basically your friends, people that are close to you, people that are near you, people that you uh, like, people that you get along with. That's love them unconditionally. And we're like, ah, that's kind of hard because they can be annoying, but I get that. But then he goes on and he says, love your enemies. And, and we're like, well, but obviously it's a different kind of love, right? No, it's the same. It's unconditional. He uses agape for that too. The same word that Jesus uses to say love God is the exact same word and the exact same definition and the exact same context that he says to love your enemies, to love people that hate you unconditionally. That's much harder. That means love people that, that are different than you. Love people that hate you. Love people that are mean to you. Again, this does not mean that you have to like everybody. It doesn't mean that you have to hang out with everybody. It doesn't mean that you go and you befriend the bully and you're like, hey, we're best friends now, even though you just punched me in the face when I said that. It doesn't mean that. It means that you love them, which sometimes the epitome of that is that you don't hate them. It means that if somebody's spreading rumors about you, you don't spread rumors about them. Uh, it, it means that you show love and you pray and you care about everyone. You have empathy for everyone. And that's a huge thing. And he goes on to say, um, pray for those who persecute you. Basically, pray for those who are mean to you. Pray for those who hurt you. Pray for those who disagree with you. Pray for those who are, uh, 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 bully you. And again, one of the things I want to point out here is there are situations where you might be abused by friends, by family, by other people. That's always wrong. And he's not saying, let the abuse keep going and love that person and just, you know, let them do whatever. He's saying, hey, you may have to cut people out of your life. You may have to turn people in, but you don't do it in hatred. You do it to show that Jesus is bigger than you. And believe me, that gets really murky and really gray in situations like that. And so please, if something like that ever happens, talk to an adult, talk to a counselor, talk to, to me, to Tara, to, to Rob, to Carol, to, to the pastor, to someone about that to help you through it. Because just loving doesn't mean that you're going to be able to move forward in the way that you should. You have to, to, to come to terms with things. And that's just a side note, but that's important. But what this means is that sometimes people suck, but we're not supposed to suck. We're supposed to be an example of what it means to be better. And so Jesus is saying all of this, and he says, because he gives, God gives sunlight to, to everybody. Like, it doesn't matter if a, a nation is supposed to be a Christian nation or a non-Christian nation. It doesn't matter if people go to church or don't go to church. It doesn't matter what people do, what they worship, what they look like. Sun goes everywhere. Same thing with uh, the rain. Rain falls where the rain falls. Like, it, it doesn't matter what people do. 
and that's because God loves everyone. It doesn't mean that God thinks everything is okay. It doesn't mean that everybody's going to heaven. What it means is God loves everyone, and everyone has the exact same opportunity to come back to him, to come to him. And so Jesus is like, hey, let me put this into to different words for you. Even corrupt tax collectors, to us, we're like, yeah, the IRS. Uh, even serial killers. They like the people that like them. Like if somebody helps them get away with something, or a, a criminal or something helps somebody else get away with something, they like them. Like it's easy. If somebody b- bakes you a lot of cookies and you're a really bad person, you still like them because they baked you a lot of cookies. And he's saying that. And he, he's like, hey... If you're only nice to people that are nice to you, to your friends, who cares? Big deal. Like literally everyone in the history of the world can do that. Everyone can be nice to the people that are nice to them. What's the deal? Like what, what's, the, what's, the, what's the change there? What's the importance? What's the, the, the love there? It's nothing. Because it's easy. Because everybody can do it. That doesn't show Jesus because everybody does it. What shows Jesus is when you show him to people that don't show him to you. It's when you try to understand even if people continually turn away from you. It's where you set a better example than you're shown. It's where you stand up and you do your best to be perfect. And what he means in this perfect context is not never make a mistake because you're going to make mistakes. What it means here to be perfect even as your Father in Heaven is perfect is to have that perfect love. And to understand that even when you mess up, God still loves you and you can come back from that. You can learn from that. You can grow from that. You can do better from that. You can, can, can stand up and the next time uh, do better. The next time help more. The next time be a better person. One of the things I said this morning was try to be more like Jesus tomorrow than you were today. I didn't say it in that exact way, but be more like Jesus. Uh, Again, I don't mean to keep quoting myself from this morning, but that's the last thing that I heard. So, um, everybody in every church talks about being like Jesus. Everybody. It's something that we say more than anything else. But saying it doesn't mean anything. If you're like, well, I like Jesus and I want to be like Jesus, good. Congratulations. But are you like Jesus? Do you show him? And Jesus here is saying, the way to show me, the way to be like me is to love everybody. To show me to everybody. And again, sometimes you might have to cut people out of your lives. That happens. That doesn't mean that you hate them. It means that, that you're protecting yourself and maybe you're protecting them or somebody else. But when you have to do that, you don't get on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or, or uh, Snapchat or TikTok or whatever and, and do like a, a sub-tweet or something about it. You're not like, oh man, so-and-so really sucks. And you describe all these things that really show who they are. That's the LeBron move. But, um, but you don't do that. That doesn't mean love. Yeah, maybe you have to cut them out of your life. Maybe they really did something bad and you have to cut them out. That's fine. You just let it go then. That's hard. Uh, one of the things that we get wrong with forgiveness is, and this is largely an American thing, but it's a lot of places. We put forgiveness with forget. And we always say, forgive and forget, forgive and forget. That's not, Jesus never said that. Jesus said, forgive. Uh, remember, like if somebody does something horrible to you, to forgive them doesn't mean that you just erase that and you're like, hey, let's go make, be best friends again. That's not what it means. It means that you forgive them for your sake and you move forward and you show love. And then you remember like 
what they did wrong or what you did wrong so that you can learn from that, so you can grow from that, so it cannot happen again, but you show that love and forgiveness. That's what it means to have a loving heart. It does not mean you're always going to be perfect. It does not mean that you're not always, not sometimes going to say the wrong thing or hurt someone's feelings or do the thing on the road where the slow person in front of you and the fast person behind you. It doesn't mean you're not going to do that because sometimes you are. It means that when you do, you have enough of a loving heart to be able to say, you know what, I was wrong. You know what, I need to be better. Or you know what, uh, God, please forgive me, help me to be a better example. Where you admit that you're wrong. And I got to tell you, you guys uh, are at an age where you can learn this much easier than adults can. Because the older you get while you're stuck in your ways, the harder it is to get out of those ways. And one of the big problems with society, and I'm not going to go too deep into that, is that there is no conversation. There's no love between people. It's if you disagree, then you disagree, then we're done. Uh, but you guys have this chance to be a better generation than the ones before you, to, to, to show this love, to be more like Jesus, to, to be more understanding, to be more hopeful, to be more helpful, to be more graceful, to be less judgmental, to, to be more like Jesus than other generations before. You can be willing to say when you're wrong. You can be willing to apologize. You can be willing to change. You can be willing to uh, accept Him and show Him. And that's what it means to have a loving heart. That's why this series matters. It's not just having a thankful heart and having a loving heart and next week having a growing heart like the Grinch. It, it means doing your best to be like Jesus. And that when you do mess up, understanding God loves me unconditionally. He loves me even now. So how can I learn from that? How can I show that same love? How can I live in that same love? How can I love more? And to stand up and do that and then to help each other. Because this is not something that you can do alone. You can't just decide, you know what, I'm going to become perfect right now. You have to help each other to show love. You have to talk to each other. You have to lift each other up. There's a thing back there that says we rise by lifting others. It's a poster or a plaque or something. We rise by lifting others. A lot of people in the world think that you rise by pushing others down. A lot of people think that you rise by telling uh, racist or sexist or, or, or faithist or cruel jokes. By making fun of other people, by separating other people. A lot of people think that, but that's not how you rise. You rise by lifting others, by helping others, by loving God and loving others, which has been up there all the time. We love because we are loved. And that's why we are here. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been here. It doesn't matter where you are on the, the, the faith ruler ladder thing. You can do more because you are loved more than you can ever imagine. So do your best. And when you do mess up, admit it and grow from it and learn from it because you're worth it. That's all I got.